Allow a paw, friends. It's the sixth day of might, year 175 of the Baha'i calendar, or September 13th, 2018. I'm going to read to you today two different passages from selections from the writings of Abdu'l-Baha. The first is from page 156 through 158. O thou who art voicing the praises of thy Lord, I have read thy letter, wherein thou didst express astonishment at some of the laws of God, such as that concerning the hunting of innocent animals, creatures who are guilty of no wrong. Be thou not surprised at this. Reflect upon the inner realities of the universe, the secret wisdoms involved, the enigmas, the interrelationships, the rules that govern all. For every part of the universe is connected with every other part by ties that are very powerful and admit of no imbalance, nor any slackening whatsoever. In the physical realm of creation, all things are eaters and eaten. The plant drinketh in the mineral. The animal doth crop and swallow down the plant. Man doth feed upon the animal, and the mineral devoureth the body of man. Physical bodies are transferred past one barrier after another, from one life to another, and all things are subject to transformation and change, save only at the essence of existence itself. Since it is constant and immutable, and upon it is founded the life of every species and kind, of every contingent reality throughout the whole of creation. Whensoever thou dost examine through a microscope the water man drinketh, the air he doth breathe, thou wilt see that with every breath of air man taketh in an abundance of animal life, and with every draught of water he also swalloweth down a great variety of animals. How could it ever be possible to put a stop to this process? For all creatures are eaters and eaten, and the very fabric of life is reared upon this fact. Were it not so, the ties that interlace all created things within the universe would be unraveled. And further, whensoever a thing is destroyed and decayeth and is cut off from life, it is promoted into a world that is greater than the world it knew before. It leaveth, for example, the life of the mineral, and goeth forward into the life of the plant. Then it departeth out of the vegetable life, and ascendeth into that of the animal, following which it forsaketh the life of the animal, and riseth into the realm of human life. And this is out of the grace of thy Lord, the merciful, the compassionate. I beg of God that he will assist thee to comprehend the mysteries that lie at the heart of creation, and will draw away the veil from before thine eyes and thy sisters, that the well-guarded secret may be disclosed unto thee, and the hidden mystery be revealed as clear as the sun at noonday, that he will aid thy sister and thy husband to enter the kingdom of God, and will heal thee of every ill, whether physical or spiritual, that assaileth one in this life. The next reading I'm going to do is from um, pages 193 to 196. O ye seekers after truth, your letter was received and its contest noted. As for the letters ye had previously sent, not all were received, while some reached here at a time when the cruelty of the oppressors had so intensified 
that it was not possible to send a reply. Now this present letter is here, and we are able to answer it, and I have therefore set about writing, in spite of such pressing business, so that ye will know that ye are loved amongst us, and also accepted in the kingdom of God. Your questions, however, can be answered only briefly, since there is no time for a detailed reply. The answer to the first question, the souls of the children of the kingdom, after their separation from the body, ascend unto the realm of everlasting life. But if ye ask as to the place, know ye that the world of existence is a single world, although its stations are various and distinct. For example, the mineral life occupieth its own plane, but a mineral entity is without any awareness at all of the vegetable kingdom, and indeed, with its inner tongue denieth that there is any such kingdom. In the same way, a vegetable entity knoweth nothing of the animal world, remaining completely heedless and ignorant thereof. For the stage of the animal is higher than that of the vegetable, and the vegetable is veiled from the animal world, and inwardly denieth the existence of that world. All this while, animal, vegetable, and mineral dwell together in the one world. In the same way, the animal remaineth totally unaware of that power of the human mind which graspeth universal ideas and layeth bare the secrets of creation, so that a man who liveth in the east can make plans and arrangements for the west, can unravel mysteries, although located on the continent of Europe can discover America, although sighted on the earth can lay hold of the inner realities of the stars of heaven. Of this power and discovery, which belongeth to the human mind, this power which can grasp abstract and universal ideas, the animal remaineth totally ignorant, and indeed denieth its existence. In the same way the denizens of this earth are completely unaware of the world of the kingdom, and deny the existence thereof. They ask, for example, where is the kingdom? Where is the lord of the kingdom? These people are even as the mineral and the vegetable, who know nothing whatsoever of the animal and the human realm. They see it, they find it not. Yet the mineral and vegetable, the animal and man, are all living here together in this world of existence. As to the second question, the tests and trials of God take place in this world, not in the world of the kingdom. The answer to the third question is this, that in the other world the human reality doth not assume a physical form. Rather, doth it take on a heavenly form, made up of elements of that heavenly realm? And the answer to the fourth question, the center of the Son of Truth is in the supernal world, the kingdom of God. Those souls who are pure and unsullied, upon the dissolution of their elemental frames, hasten away to the world of God, and that world is within this world. The people of this world, however, are unaware of that world, and are even as the mineral and the vegetable, that know nothing of the world of the animal and the world of man. The answer to the fifth question is this, Baha'u'llah hath raised up the tabernacles of the oneness of mankind. Whosoever seeketh shelter under this roof will certainly come forth from other dwellings. And to the sixth question, if on some point or other a difference ariseth among two conflicting groups, let them refer to the center of the covenant for the solution to the problem. And the seventh question, Baha'u'llah hath been made manifest to all mankind, and he hath invited all 
to the table of God, the banquet of divine bounty. Today, however, most of those who sit at that table are the poor, and this is why Christ hath said, Blessed are the poor, for riches do prevent the rich from entering the kingdom. And again he saith, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. If, however, the wealth of this world, the worldly glory and repute, do not block his entry therein, that rich man will be favored at the holy threshold and accepted by the Lord of the kingdom. In brief, Baha'u'llah hath become manifest to educate all the peoples of the world. He is the universal educator, whether of the rich or the poor, whether of black or white, or of peoples from east or west, or north or south. Among those who visit Akka, some have made great forward strides. Lightless candles, they were set alight. Withered, they began to bloom. Dead, they were recalled to life, and went home with tidings of great joy. But others, in truth, have simply passed through. They have only taken a tour. O ye twain who are strongly attracted to the kingdom, thank ye God that ye have made your home a Baha'i center and a gathering place for the friends. Today I'm going to close with a prayer of unity. It's from the old Baha'i prayer book, and I don't know the page. It's no longer in the regular Baha'i prayer book. Oh my God, oh my God, unite the hearts of thy servants and reveal to them thy great purpose. May they follow thy commandments and abide in thy law. Help them, O God, in their endeavor and grant them strength to serve thee. O God, lead them not to themselves, but guide their steps by the light of thy knowledge and cheer their hearts by thy love. Verily, thou art their helper and their Lord. Baha'u'llah. Thank you for listening to Scattering Angels. Um, I really appreciate an audience, and I hope that this podcast is helpful to you and enjoyable. Uh, the, the passages that I read today were obviously responses from letters that were written to Abdu'l-Bahá, and I was always um, pondering how amazing it would have been to have actually gotten a response to such a letter. I guess now we can just write those letters and, I don't know, hope they're answered in some way. Thank you again for listening and um, tune in again tomorrow at Scattering Angels. Thank you.